set. He's going in. Joe Sutro. Welcome back to Garage Logic. Deputy Mayor Tom Hauser from Five Eyewitness News. See how I got it out that time, Rook? See if he just uh, that, was, that was flawless. You, you could be a play-by-play guy or a color guy. Five Eyewitness News, yeah. you, you know, as I have for 26 years. Then you eventually you get it down. But uh, the deputy mayor is in for the vacationing mayor who knows how to pick his days off. Although Thursday, he might literally want to spend the whole day in the garage. It sounds like it might be rainy and barely low 70s. You know, so. occasionally the mayor will take a trip to Chicago uh for different reasons, and uh, I wonder if he's ever hit up Coombe for some tickets. Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll ask him because one of our favorite people is back in town for the All-Star break. Uh, Mr. Ron Coomer, former Minnesota Twin, a former Minnesota Twins broadcaster, also a former Chicago Cub, and now a current Chicago Cubs broadcaster. Mr. Coomer, how are you today? I'm doing great, Tommy. How are you guys doing? We are we are doing well. I, I can't speak for rookie. Uh, he doesn't look well, but it, it, uh, but I, he sounds good. Well, I joke about uh, uh, Joe going down to Chicago and and mooching off a of Coomer. The open invite from Ron has stood for a while. I just haven't taken advantage. I didn't take advantage of it yet. Yeah, Tommy knows if you come to Chicago, we we have a good time and. Wrigley Field's a pretty good place to hang out, that's for sure. And I always say, if, if you go to Chicago and you're going to run into Coomer, build in a buffer day. Uh, you don't want to go straight back to work the next day. A buffer day is good. Got it. I, I don't know what you're talking about, Tom. You made it to work today. You did okay. I did. I, 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 was, I was out with Coom last night watching the Home Run Derby. Or I should say, Coom, it was out in the background. We did watch yeah. quite a bit of it, but there was just a lot of catching up with a lot of people, and it was, yeah. it was a lot of fun. But a couple of your Chicago Cubs did, did very well last night. Yeah, Kyle Schwerber made it to the final round, so that was good. Um, and Javi Baez was involved, and he, he showed real well, too. Hit a bunch of bombs, so it was good. And uh, I kind of like the format yesterday. It wasn't so long and drawn out the way they've had it before. So um, all was good. And it was, it's great to be back in Minnesota and hanging out and uh, spending the All-Star break. I'll be on the boat here pretty soon, so looking forward to it. Boy, Rook, here's one guy taking advantage of the nice weather. I'll say. While you and I sit in a room where you even keep the shades closed. I do. I don't I like the dark. I, like I suppose it helps. I like the reminder. I suppose you can see your computer screen better that way, but... Uh, so, Coom, the thing about that new format for the Home Run Derby, we were joking. I think it was the uh, the round where uh, Bryce Harper got into the finals. It came down to there was three seconds left, and he was tied, and he hit a home run. And it was like a it was like a walk off home run, but with a timer. And the games have gotten so long in Major League Baseball. We, I was joking. Maybe they need to start putting a clock into baseball. Yeah, right. Wouldn't that be something? I mean, you you must. I mean, you have to sit through a, a lot of these games, and some of those games at Wrigley Field can get a little hot. And I know oh some my. of the tw- some of the Twins games were very long and very hot. Are they doing enough to to tighten up the action? Well, I, they're trying. I just don't know if there's a lot you can do. Um, but one thing you can do is is have the umpires call strikes. I mean, that's that's been one thing that we'd like to see more of. Um, the more strikes that are called early in the ball game, the more the game gets into a better flow. So that's one thing. Um, but you know, that's the one, it's the great thing. And the, and the tough thing about our game is there's no clock and you know, you're, the game's not over till 27 outs. And, um, it, it, it's, it's the good and the bad. We, the, the games in, that we played in Chicago against the twins, 
were some of the toughest conditions I've ever been around. It was 120 to 125 degrees on the field, and it was some kind of hot. Guys were leaving the game left and right. Um, but, you know, our, you know, Tom, that's, that's the great tradition about our game is it's, it has stayed somewhat the way it has always been, and, and I, I'm, I'm guessing it's just going to stay that way. Now, they have instituted some or implemented some changes. They have the, the, mm-hmm. the clock between pitches, and there's only a certain amount of time between innings, and you'll see the clock, which is very strange in, in the last couple of years to actually see uh, not just a clock giving you the time of day, but actually a countdown clock. And now they also have the new posting up there, mound visits, <laughs> which is uh, an interesting statistic. And so are those things doing much? Because it doesn't seem like that has changed much. It doesn't no, seem like I, the games have sped up at all because of those things. You know, you go out to Target Field, and you're a baseball guy, and Rook, you too. You, you know, the only time those mound visits really comes into play is during the playoffs when managers go out and they're constantly going back and forth with the pitching coach and or the month of September when they really expand the rosters. So what happened about four years ago, I remember doing a game in San Francisco. The Giants were trying to get to the playoffs, and Bochy, they had called up like the entire AAA pitching staff to help. So from the sixth inning on, it was almost like match up the entire game. And Bochy used the rules in his favor to match up, you know, left-right. And, you know, it was – he was in his rights, but – you talk about a crazy ball game and just, you know, that, that was just, that was the day that to me you had to, you had to address the mound visit thing because of that. And, you know, he was in his legal rights of the game, but it was, it was really bizarre. Although the one thing about the mound visit thing that I'm not sure a lot of people are aware of, that if you make a mound visit and you actually change pitchers, that does not count as right. one of your mound visits. So the other day the Twins had a game where I think there were 16 pitching changes. So that means there were 16 mound visits that didn't count against the the number. Right. So yeah. the game went on forever. Yeah, and so so in essence you had a four hour game. And that's what you're trying to get rid of and get away from is the you know, the three plus hour game. And in that case I'm guessing you were closing in on four hours. So we've addressed the, the home run derby. Let's talk about tonight's All-Star game. And then our next segment, we're going to take a, uh, a trip down memory lane and hear about your All-Star appearance in 1999 okay. and some of the legends that you walked the field with. But let's talk about uh, tonight's game. I forget now, is did, did they end the thing where it's no longer uh, home field advantage in the World Series is no longer at stake, right? That is correct. So yeah, we're, just that, down, that. We're, just, we're back to bragging rights? Is that what yeah, we're at? Yeah, that absurdity is is no longer in our game. Thank God. I was just going to ask you. I was just going to ask you what you thought of that. I'm pretty sure now I know. Yeah, I mean to have an exhibition game where where guys are are having fun and goofing off and playing the game determine who gets home field advantage in the World Series. That was the most bizarre thing I've ever heard of. You know, in playing in an All Star game, you know that it's an exhibition. That's what it is, and to have that do you know. Determine maybe the outcome of the World Series, not good. Yeah, and it was, you know, and I, so now I assume they've gone back to the just every other year American League has home field advantage and then the National League, is that what they're doing now? I think now it's, it's by record, which is better. It's, it's, oh, um, it is. Oh, so it's not yeah, just it's the random. Record. Yeah, okay. it's by record. So because the Twins, the as, you, as you recall, benefited from that twice in 87 and 91, just the, right. the random home field advantage. Yep, 
and uh, now it's by record, I do believe, and and that's the way it should be. The team with the best record deserves to have you know home field advantage. Yeah. So the game, uh, the game tonight, it's in Washington D.C. And so, you know, this will be interesting. It's the the nation's capital. Uh, it was a great home run derby last night, won by Bryce Harper, the the hometown hero. Although I was not a big fan of his headband or his do rag or whatever. Yeah, you, right. <laughs> whatever you whatever you call that. But uh, there was no. We had some good discussion about that last night. Yes, too. yes, we did. Yeah. Uh, so, so the the game tonight. So with nothing really at stake. Now it's just back. It's it's. For baseball fans, it's just fun to see a lot of the best players in baseball going up against each other. Yeah, that's right. It is. It's it's the the best thing about it is to have the best players in the game show off their skills and and show just how good they really are with their abilities. And I think that's what you're going to see tonight. And you know, the Cubs have some good ones. Um, Javi Baez. I know you know the Twins fans don't get to see him a lot, but you talk about a kid that's got every skill there is in our game it's it's pretty amazing and you know Bryce Harper a big strong guy he's gonna hit the ball a mile and um uh, I, I just like I like the idea of all the guys being able to show their skills off in an exhibition game you know and that that's the way it should be and having some fun with our game and of course twins fans are hoping to see an appearance by Jose Barrios our one and only all-star representative but I know when you were here uh, with the with the twins uh, broadcasting uh, you had a look at at what he has to offer, and the best is yet to come for him. Well, he's, he's something else. Uh, you know, he's got a great fastball. And the thing that amazes me is with the movement that he has with the fastball, um, the velocity he has. So he's got, you know, the mid-90s heater with the movement. Um, and to me, he's still a young guy. You talk about kind of anchoring your staff with somebody. Um, he's the perfect guy. So I think Paulie and the, the Twins have – have somebody there that they can build around. And the other thing, too, I've heard nothing but great things about him as a person, too. So it really kind of fits what what the Twins have been all about for years and years is having, you know, obviously quality players, but having good people here in Minnesota. So um, I think they're on the right track for sure with him. Yeah, so Twins fans will be looking forward to hopefully getting him into the game tonight and see what he can do. All right, we're going to take a break, Kuman. When we come back, uh, we want to walk down memory lane, the 1999 All-Star Game at Fenway Park, and you are going to tell our listeners how you almost incapacitated Stan Musial, one of the legends of the game. So <laughs> tee, that, tee that story up, and we'll be back after a break with Ron Coomer. Here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. Hey, I don't have the uh, I don't have the highlight of it. I wish I could. The audio wouldn't play. But remember that time when you um, were uh, playing for the Twins, playing the Yankees, and uh, you almost busted up Wells' perfect game, but you just kind of grounded out to Knobloch, Coom. I do remember. Yep, I about embedded a, a one opera in the judge's chest. And uh, it ended up landing in front of him, and that was about our best chance. I was going to say uh, for a base hit that day. I was going to say that was your best chance to do anything to, for Wells that you know, day. Cool follow up story or a follow up question on that story because I know it's a well documented piece in Twins lore, the perfect game of David Wells. Does it 
Does it make you feel better or make you feel more angry knowing just how hungover David Wells was for that game that day? Well, let me just say this. David <laughs> Wells likes to you know, exaggerate is probably a good word. It's a nice word we can use of, of his lore of what he's done. Let's just say that. I, you know, I got to play with David in New York a couple years after that and um, yeah, David's David's a really he's really into David. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> well, let's let's bring up let's bring a positive twist on this. What did you do is in there your is first? One? I haven't. I didn't know there was one. <laughs> there wasn't there. That's why I wanted to give you a positive twist to I them to being crafted to bring game. you down. But then I wanted to build you up. What did you okay. do in your first at bat as a Yankee? Oh uh, yeah, and my first at bat in New York um, in Yankee Stadium. First swing I took as a Yankee, I hit one in the left field seats. How yeah. cool was that? Yeah, that was pretty good. I, I, you know, it's one of those things. It was probably 35 degrees. You know, the first couple games of the year, and um, Wilson Alvarez threw me a fastball inside. I knew he was going to eventually, and when he did, I clicked on one. And you know, it's a pretty good way to start your Yankee career is to hit one in the left field seats and a little curtain call from the the very first time you step on step on the field. So. That was pretty good, yeah. and, and to know you were only 60 behind Roger Maris at that point. You <laughs> really right. needed I, I, to get 60 there more. There was still a chance, Tom. There was still a chance. <laughs> well, it was early in the season, so you right. you, did, you did have a chance. Uh, Coom, let's take you back uh, to 1999, uh, your uh, one and only All-Star appearance. But boy, what a year. What, what a childhood dream you must have lived out that weekend or that week. Uh, in that game, when you look at the lineup, here are just some of the names, uh, Rook, that uh, Coombe was alongside. Ken Griffey Jr., Jim Tomey, Cal Ripken, Ivan Rodriguez, Roberto Alomar, uh, of course there's Ron Coomer, uh, Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, uh, Mike Piazza, uh, Mariano Rivera, Derek Jeter. Uh, that is incredible, but that might not even be the most incredible thing, Coombe. It was... Also at Fenway Park, and you got to meet Ted Williams and a number of other baseball legends. What was that like? Yeah, it was pretty incredible. That was in '99. They had the All Century team introduced on the field before the before the American League and National League teams got introduced. So um, when you when you're standing there, we're all standing in the dugout, just watching and looking around. And it, you know, as you mentioned, it's a pretty good group of guys sitting in those dugouts. And you're just just looking at the guys getting introduced on the field. Um, you know, you, you just it was great to be able to shake their hand and 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 just meet some of them. And and uh, you know, it, it is it, it was like the history of our game was standing right in front of us. From some of the current guys, Paul Molitor was one of them. That was part of the All Century team. Um, to Stan Musial and Lou Brock and you know Brooks Robinson and. You know, and all these names of people that were just, it was just a phenomenal time to, to if you're ever going to make an all-star game, that was probably a good one to make, that's for sure. Absolutely. Now tell me about Stan Mutual, about the yeah. about what, what, what happened with Stan. I believe it was right after you had shaken hands with Ted Williams. Tell me, <laughs> it sure tell me was, this is out on the field. Yeah, Out on the field, so there, all the players and the, you know, the, the all-century team want to meet Ted Williams and go shake his hand, and we're all standing around the pitching mound after he'd just thrown the first pitch to Carlton Fisk. Um, and so everybody's just kind of milling around the mound, and nobody really cared about playing the game. Everybody just wanted to kind of have our moment and talk, and there were 40,000 people like 
Um, guys, we got tickets for a game, not for you guys to talk. <laughs> so eventually, they had to get us get us moving off the mound and and going. So as you're standing in the scrum of you know Hall of Famers and great players, I'm backing out of the scrum by the mound, and I take a step back and I step on someone's foot Ooh. in my cleats, no less. Oh. And I and I you know Uh-oh. you got you can you, you can understand immediately. You pick your foot up like, oh no, what did I do? And I turn around. And who is it? Stan Musial. Stan the man. Stan the man. So I step on Stan's foot. I turn around, and I I feel terrible, right? Exactly. And I look, and I go, I'm really sorry, Mr. Musial. He goes, Ron, it's okay. You didn't didn't hurt. Okay. And I'm looking, and I instantly, what is the one thing that you would instantly think when he says that to you? How the hell does he know my name? Bingo. <laughs> right? Stan Musial knows who I am. I was never so happy in my life. I was like, holy cow, this is great, right? So I end up talking to Stan Musial, and who's he standing next to? Lou Brock. So I'm wow. talking to two of the Cardinals legends, and, and it was just it was phenomenal. It really was. It was one of those moments that you just I'll never forget. And, and uh you know, Pat Hughes, my partner, he, he tells that story about this time of year every year about me, um, you know, breaking the foot and, and making him limp the rest of his life. Yeah. At, least, at least you didn't do that during his playing career and knock him out of action. Sure. Uh, there's yep. nine degrees of separation, apparently, from Stan Musial because my sister-in-law, who's a school teacher down in uh-huh. St. Louis, used to teach his grandkids and oh, really? Stan Musial would come in for show-and-tell like day. Like Grandparents' Day or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, for show-and-tell day. What are you going to bring in? I'm going to bring in Stan Musial. Is that going <laughs> to... Well, that's what your Weird. sister should have said. Yeah. All right, it's going to be Grandparents' Day once a week, and have your grandparents bring in something yeah. that you can autograph. Yeah, something you yeah. can sign. Balls and, uh, and jerseys and whatnot. Now, Kumi, in that All-Star game, uh, you had one at bat. Tell, yep. us, tell us what happened. Well... I get put in the game for Jimmy Tomey, and I made the team as a third baseman. But we had three. I would just stop right the there team. and say I was pinch hitting right. for Jim Tomey. Then yeah. I would just stop yeah. the conversation. Right? You know, <laughs> yeah, he, you know, he, he probably grounded out a couple times, and they wanted to bring in the big lumber, you know. So, so I come in, and uh, so I tell uh, Joe, we don't Joe, know that. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Torrey's our manager, and he goes, "Go get him. Here's your chance." Go, and I just told him, I said, one of two things is going to happen. Either I'm going to hit one over the net and over the green monster and left, or I'm punching out. One of the two. I punched out. <laughs> yeah, so I was right. Yeah, so I and, struck out. And do you remember I'm who the pit, do you remember who the pitcher circle. was? Oh yeah, it was it was Hoffman. Yeah. Okay, Trevor uh, Hoffman. Yeah. Trevor Hoffman's pitching, and I was on the on deck circle, and they had a lefty on the mound. And I'm trying to think from Colorado. Uh, I signed a long term deal with Colorado. Well, he's on the mound, and I'm thinking I'm going to face a lefty. Perfect. I got a really good chance of hitting one out of here. And then, of course, we hit into a double play. The next inning, I come up. Hoffman comes in. He throws me a changeup. The Bugs Buddy changeup, I could have swung five times before that ball got there. <laughs> like, a, like a cartoon at bat. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Coom, before we let you go, uh, Patrick Royce, who's coming up uh, in the next half hour, he wrote a nice column about you during the Twins-Cubs series. And I know you and, and Patrick Royce go back a long way. Yeah, we do. Um, like all of us, you know, Tommy. Um, Patrick was in Chicago. We were all sweating to death while we were there. It was extremely hot, but it was really nice to see everybody. And Patrick and I got to spend some time together. It was really nice of him to do such a nice article. And, you know, and for me, you know, I, it, it, this is the place where, you know, I played and 
got a chance to be a big league ball player, and, and I got a lot of friends, as you know. So it was really fun. Yeah, we had a good time and talking and uh, yeah, because he, he talked to he, telling stories about some of the old stuff that's happened around around the Twin Cities while while I was here. Well, he talked about how you kind of living out this dream of you know being a Chicago boy, and now you were you were uh, broadcasting for the Cubs when they finally break that long World Series drought, and uh, it just uh, such a thrill. And then you you've played for such the Twins, my favorite team. Then you've played for the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Cubs. I mean, that's like every kid's dream. Yeah, it is. You know, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate. There's no doubt about it. You know, and I I think for me, you know, I I hated leaving Minnesota. You know, and Dave St. Peter and the Twins and, and everybody were so nice to me here. But when you get a chance to go to your hometown and broadcast, you know, and that's what I was in, in the broadcast business, to get a chance to go to your hometown team and, and broadcast, you know, the team that you grew up hanging out at their ballpark is, is pretty special. So I've been able to live out a couple of dreams, playing, playing in the big leagues, playing for my hometown team and now broadcasting for him. And I even had the pleasure last year of getting to watch a few innings of Coombe in action at Wrigley yeah. Field, and uh, that was that was a lot of fun, and I, I appreciate that opportunity. Uh, Ron Coomer, you are a true professional. Now, be a professional boater and get out and enjoy some of this wonderful weather that Rookie and I and Reavers and uh, Johnny Height are missing today. Well, you guys, it's always great. I miss hearing you guys on the radio and TV, Tommy, but um, I will do that, and I will text you from the boat and let you know just how lousy it is out on Lake Minnesota. We would appreciate that. We will live. We will live vicariously through you, Mr. Ron Coomer from the Chicago Cubs. Thanks for Tell being the mayor, with us, Coomer. I said hi too. Will do. We'll be in touch soon, Ron Coomer. He's in town all week, as they say. Rook, we'll oh, take a break, and we'll be back. Garage Logic will be back, but right now we're going to go out east to New Jersey, and we've got Frank Miller, who is pinch hitting for Bruce Vale, who probably doesn't know where he is right now, with the Your Money Now report. Comes to us courtesy of Owatonna's own Federated Insurance. Frank? Well, trading begins to wind down on Wall Street. Stocks still clinging to some modest gains. Traders keeping an eye on Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell's testimony before the Senate Banking Committee. He said it's possible the Fed may raise rates a few more times this year, and that the economy's growth in the second quarter was Stronger than the first quarter. Some economic reports not having much impact on the markets today. The National Association of Home Builders said that home builder confidence was steady in July. Elsewhere, the Federal Reserve said that industrial production increased last month due to a rebound in auto production. And Forbes is out with its list of the top five highest paid entertainers. Coming in the fifth slot, Dwayne The Rock Johnson earning $124 million over the past year. Judge Judy ranking fourth. 147 million. American reality TV personality Kylie Jenner pulling in 166.5 million to claim the third spot. Actor and activist George Clooney in the second spot with $239 million. And taking the top spot, legendary boxer Floyd Mayweather, the highest paid entertainer, earning $285 million in pre tax earnings across the past 12 months. And that was based almost entirely on the strength of his victory last year against Conor McGregor. I'm Frank Miller with Your Money Now, 1500 ESPN. Thank you very much, Frank. You say 1500 ESPN's got some good stuff going on, including the Fantasy Golf Challenge. It's back. For the Open, choose your players before 6.55 a.m. this Thursday. One golfer from each of the featured groups and receive a trip for four if you win to Craigans. Two rounds of golf, two nights lodging, and breakfast each day. It's a wonderful time when you're hanging out with Dutch and the whole gang at Craigans. If you've played in previous rounds, use your same login. If you didn't, you can still sign up and play in this round. Where do you sign up? Well, that's easy. It's a no-brainer. Go to our website, the Majors Fantasy Golf Challenge, 1500. 1500- 
commencing garage logic segment number eight. Happen on the set? <laughs> Who is this? Mountains of Wayne. Got it. Johnny Height, before we get to the news, and I assume you're leading with baseball card stories. More baseball cards. All baseball cards. But before we get to that, I went to uh, see a band play at the Shanty over at O'Garris. I hadn't been there for a number of years. Because they're going to close here in a couple of months. Tear the place down and then uh, rebuild a new place that I will not have a music venue like that. But But not until uh, Rook and I give her a good goodbye. It was. Yeah, we got to give her a good There was a bunch of uh, St. Thomas graduates, young St. Thomas graduates, 20 somethings. Their band's name is Reckless at Tiffany's. I saw that. <laughs> Which uh, they were they were very good, a cover band. They were very entertaining and my the couple of the guys are my nephew's roommate. Oh cool. So he he attracted me out there and I was very glad that I went because they were really a fun group and it was uh it, it was good to see. Great so, name. I know I know Jay, sure. yeah, Reckless. So you Tiffany's. said Reckless at Tiffany's and and they she said that she remembers the song. What song? And I said we both kind of oh, liked yeah. it. Okay. All right, then. Well, that's one thing we got. And without any further ado, Mr. Johnny Hyde. Thanks, in the news. Tom. It's sunny and 79 degrees. This update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, Woodbury, and downtown Duluth. Uh, the All-Star Game, of course, is this evening. You will hear it right here. The Twins will have one representative, Jose Barrios. Tune in for that game right here, 7 o'clock on 1500 ESPN. Nice. News notes from today. Well, the... President spoke in the last hour oh about God. his recent trip and the controversial press conference with Russian President Vladimir Putin, where he appeared to side with Putin and not his own intelligence agencies. He started by saying, yes, he has full faith and support for our intelligence agencies, but he says uh, he accepts that Russian meddling happened. He says, though, there was no collusion, although he then huh? con- contradicted himself in the next sentence today, saying it could have been others doing it, although that's already been ruled out. Huh. It sounded something like this at the press conference. <laughs> a little backpedaling there. You mean yeah. to tell me there were contradictory statements yeah. coming from the president of the United States? Well, and the weirdest thing trying to clarify. about this whole thing when he was talking to reporters, he said he thinks all the controversy came about because of a mistake he made while speaking. He said he misspoke. If you'll remember, during uh, yesterday's press conference with Vladimir Putin, he said he, quote, didn't see any reason why Russia would be involved in U.S. election meddling. Remember that from the press yes. conference? Yep. Well, today he said he misspoke. What he meant to say was, oh quote, God. he didn't see any reason why Russian wouldn't be responsible for meddling in the 2016 vote. Oh, well, now that we've cleared it up, okay. Yeah. He, so. le- he left it at that uh, and uh, then moved on with his meeting, although already several congressmen are pointing out, that would wouldn't thing goes against pretty much everything else he said yesterday during the press conference. So, uh, I guess, I guess. We'll, well, we'll just wait to see what he says tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. on Twitter probably. Okay. Yeah. On Twitter. But yes. even if you are the most devoted, diehard President Donald Trump fan, which you are, Reeves, go ahead. What? <laughs> How, what? What is your response to this now? 
because as Johnny mentioned this off the break, this is, and I don't know if you wanted me to say this, John, no, but, but but my God, how how are people buying this crap? It's well, he's got to be playing to the base, obviously. I think he's a, there's a double. I'm with the conspiracy theorists. There's a double secret plan again that he's now that you he's don't in, believe that now that stop he's it. infiltrated <laughs> into the the Russians. He's behind this. He's yep. behind the closed. He's door. a double agent. Yeah, he's a double knows. agent. Yeah. A double he's secret in. agent. He's in. He might even be a triple agent. Yes, the way yes. this has been working. Quadruple. That's how deep it is. I'm going to go back to looking up trade rumors on baseball. Oh my <laughs> lord. <laughs> United police are looking for three suspects after a robbery at the Walgreens located on the 6900 block of York Avenue early this morning. Kyleen Eidness, the senior communications coordinator for the city of Edina, said via email the robbery happened at about 4.52 this morning. The suspects reportedly used handguns to force employees to the back of the store. No injuries were reported. No arrests have been made. Edina police received help from the Richfield Police Department. The matter remains under investigation is that an all-night walgreens it uh, yes i'm assuming it must be okay yeah i guess there i guess there are a few of those yeah. there Who are, needs to yeah. go to walgreens at 3 a.m and he dine oh well <laughs> okay some on the uh, garage logic page of the website video oh god shows a woman in wisconsin riding her bike around safety barriers and onto a bridge as the spans being lifted she then oh. rode right into the crack in the bridge getting stuck until passerbys helped her out this 37-year-old Menasha woman was riding her bike around 10 p.m. on the 4th of July. Surveillance video from the Wisconsin Department of Transportation shows the biker swerve around barriers to the Racine Street Bridge. The barriers had come down to signal the bridge was opening and that you shouldn't go through. The defiant biker, however, continued right onto the bridge, fell into the space face first. That opened up between the bridge approach and the span. Have you guys seen this video? Upside for me and Johnny, of course. No, I'm trying no. to go right This now. woman's an idiot, number one. Yes. There's 17 different things telling her not to go out there. So I can f- I find humor in her getting hurt doing this. What's the over-under over under on the alcohol uh, content? <laughs> well, it's, tough to tell, it's tough to tell what time of the day it is. It's, it's 10, 10 o'clock p.m. at night. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, did you I mention that? that? I'm sorry. I was looking at trade rumors on baseball. <laughs> Two passerbys saw the woman and her bike tumble into the gap. They got out of their uh, trucks and helped her out. She yeah, suffered. She, was loaded. she suffered some injuries uh, to her face. She's fine. Other than that, uh, police say alcohol is believed to have been a factor. Okay. The her incident, pride has also been mortally wounded. Right. Yes, we believe the incident still under investigation. <laughs> Only in Wisconsin. Yes. Uh-huh. And that is Johnny Height and the news. We'll be back with Dave Dahl and this beautiful weather forecast. How long can it continue? We'll find out next. Did you ever think common sense would be this much fun? Joe Suchere. Welcome back to Garage Logic. Tom Hauser from Five Eyewitness News sitting in for the mayor today. And Dave Dahl is down in the Five Eyewitness News Weather Center overseeing this glorious day and maybe one more day somewhat like it to come, Dave? Yeah, I wish we could push our everything outside and just kind of do everything outdoors today. It's gorgeous. 79 right now, heading for a high today, Tom, of 81. 
Dew points have been in the mid-50s all day long, and that's uh, we call them the fitful 50s because it just feels nice when they're down that low. They will start to climb, though. Uh, during the day tomorrow, they'll get back to the mid to upper 60s for dew points. It's going to make it a little steamy, and we'll probably have temperatures up in the low to mid-80s for highs. We're going for an 84 tomorrow here officially. Thunderstorms develop after dark tomorrow night and linger. Thursday looks like a wet day at this point. Maybe as much as one to two inches of rain could fall. 73 for the high on Thursday. Friday, some morning showers, then some sun in the afternoon. 75. Low 80s for both Saturday and Sunday. And it does appear as though both days will have sunshine. Again, today, Joe, or Joe, Tom, going for a high of about 81. (laughs) Right now we're at 79, and I have the records for the day. I assumed you would. 99 on this date. That was back in 1936. That was a hot year. And then 52, and that was in 1976. Was 36 Dust Bowl Yeah, it was in the Dust Bowl that years. Was 34 and 36 were some of the hottest uh, record, uh, hottest temps on record. I still always marvel when I see those documentaries about the Dust Bowl and you see how bad that was. It was really remarkable. Yeah, that anybody <laughs> survived through that stuff. Absolutely. Well, Dave, I think we'll survive today yep. because this weather could not be any better. It Dave is Dahl gorgeous. In Thanks. the 5 Eyewitness News Weather Center uh, bringing us this gorgeous weather. And we, we like it when it's like 13 inches of snow and it's... Crap, we like to blame them for that, but we got to give them credit. No, credit where credit is due, bro. When it's when it's nice out. So, yeah. um, do we need to take a break? Well, right we don't. Now? But we I have a, a question. Time. I have a question for you. I have a question for Reavers when you oh. are done with me. Well, we do have one more break, but let me ask you something about um, equal time. Is equal time? Does equal time for politicians? Does that kick in after the primary? Or is that consistently ongoing? Well, it or is it gray area? It's, it's really, um, if if I have this correct, it's really no longer mandated by law. Remember the uh, the fairness doctrine? Yes, but it's still something that that everybody pretty much tries to follow. Okay, so me- so that you do not appear to be showing favoritism toward one side or the other. So if there was a day when Joe was off. And I wanted to have Governor Pawlenty fill in for Joe. At this point, say maybe what if it you know what if it was tomorrow? Let's just say Governor Pawlenty was going to fill in tomorrow, where you actually are filling in. Do I need to offer an opponent equal time? I don't know that you have to, but I think uh, you would hear Holy Hannah from the other campaigns if you gave him two hours of unfettered. Okay. Of uh, unfettered access to the airwaves. Okay, because that because that an- that question came up. I wanted to book him as, and and I was told, well, you know, we don't want to have to have a- a- opposing parties on for two hours if they're not part of the the brand. And I I would agree with that. I don't want to hear somebody that I disagree with for two hours running Garage Logic. They can yes. do it at another venue, but just not during Garage Logic. It's it's like whenever we have a, a guest on, like for instance on At Issue this week, we're going to have Senator Tina Smith on. Now her primary opponent, Richard Painter, we had on a few weeks ago, so they're each getting you know, they're, equal they're time. segments. Okay. And then we've done that with uh, <clears throat> candidates in the governor's race as well, and then we've also got a couple of debates. In fact, I should mention that now. Uh, we are going to have the only televised debate uh, between Jeff Johnson and Tim Pawlenty, and that will be aired on at issue on Sunday, August 5th. And then we will also have a debate with the three DFL candidates for governor uh, the week after that. So that'll air just the Sunday before the primary. Okay. So, you know, we, we try to 
make it all as as equal as we possibly can. Where it becomes difficult for us is when you have a race where there's like 10 candidates, but only three of them, sometimes only two, have the money, the name recognition, and the and the ability right. to uh, to actually run a competitive race but all the other candidates will call and say well you've got to give us equal time too and it's hard to accommodate all that because right. you can't if you got 10 candidates you can't give them all equal time because they're not all equal <clears throat> right and I, I hate to put it that way but they're not that's all equal that's the truth that's the reality you got somebody with 100% name recognition and a million dollars somebody with no name recognition and uh, 180 bucks in the bank there's no, it's not apples to apples. All right. Uh, follow up on that political question. Uh, not on fair, uh, not on the fairness doctrine, but uh, David Martinez. What's going on there? Is he dropped out of the race in St. Paul or for um, uh, St. Paul City Council? Well, he's been. He, he, okay, we got it. Well, he's, well, he's been arrested. So um, it's, uh, it's one of the things that I. You cover politics for a long time, right? And you don't see this coming. I mean, it's a a low profile race. You know, it's a, a St. Paul. City He's got Council name recognition race. now. But, yes, he uh, does. Just for the different not, reasons. Not that you know, because he was kicked out of a library. Yes. By security, then he was kicked out of uh, a Twins game, and then he unfortunate home situation was accused of posting a semi nude photo of his wife on his website, and uh, that is. I, I don't think I'm. I'm. Uh, it's aberrant behavior. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any question about that. I, I what can drop you, out of the race. What can you, What can you even say about it? Clearly, there there are some troublesome right. issues here. Right. And but I, it just seems like he got in so much trouble in such a small amount of time, and that you wonder. Right. Right. What Hopefully, he'll on. get the help that he needs and yes. his family situation. Because he always worry about you know the kids are you know in St. Paul somewhere here and his wife and his, yes. Or and so wherever they are, and right it's now. hard when it's you know a local race like this. You know, it's uh, you know you got to wonder what's going on. And yeah, he, does he need help? I think that probably is there. is pretty clear in one fashion. All right, what do you want to ask Reavers? I want to ask Reavers how much time we have before. Oh, the break? we're out of time. Sorry, okay. we're going to come back and wrap it up when we come back. How's let's, that? let's wrap it. I got a quick town ball question for him when we come back. Oh, good. And we're back. A quick clarification. We were talking about the Fairness Doctrine and Equal Time. As I mentioned, the Fairness Doctrine doesn't really exist the way it used to. The Equal Time provision does still exist. And it says, broadcast stations must provide an equivalent opportunity to any opposing political candidates who request it. But it says, primarily, it addresses prime time. Of course, your shows are always in prime time. Isn't this considered prime time? I mean, one to three is. Bottom line is, most TV stations and radio stations try to give as much equal time as they possibly can, as humanly possible. That serves the public well to have them uh, let those candidates get there. Because these are public airwaves that we just we just rent them. We don't really own them. Right. So that's the way that works. All right, and then will you do me a favor? Can you stick around maybe for a segment? I know you wanted to talk to Reavers. I occupied your time with political issues, but maybe a little town ball segment? Yeah, we'll do that with Patrick, and I know he's a town ball fan. So, yeah, let's uh, let's do that. And then I'll be back tomorrow. We're going to talk about the beauty league. The uh, beauty league? The, the hockey, the NHL hockey players oh, oh, over the, at Oh, the uh, four-on-four? Yeah. 
Pat Milan is going to join us tomorrow. He's Pat, the public address announcer. Former morning show host that I worked with. Really? 20, it was right before Governor Ventura was hired. Yeah, and then also he was a Five Eyewitness News reporter. For a long time. the state capitol for a long time. So anyway, uh, he was out with Coomer and I last night. And so... I lined him up for tomorrow. Yeah, so I'm back in tomorrow. You're stuck with me again tomorrow. Excellent. I can't wait to talk to Pat then. All right. We'll be back then in a little bit. 1500 ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. Dave Dahl reporting a beautiful 79 degrees. Stick around. Hauser's going to stick with sports.